0: It's so easy. But okay. you're, I don't know why a lot of agents aren't in, in the rental business or the flipping business. It doesn't make sense to me because I always say, if you're going to see a good opportunity, why are you gonna give it off to somebody else? Yeah. Why wouldn't you take advantage of it? Why would you you're doing you take- all the work to find it and do all the research.
1: So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market? especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchasteghi, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars.
2: Hey, real estate rock stars. Thanks for joining us here on another episode. We are super excited to have Jason Griggs here with us. Jason comes out of Henderson, Nevada with a REMAX brokerage. Jason, tell us just first of all, a little bit about yourself and how long you've been in real estate.
0: Well, first, thanks for having me on. And I've been in real estate for, this is my seventh year. Okay. So I'm from Long Island, New York, and I moved to Henderson, Nevada about Eleven years ago, and the rest is history. Uh,
2: the rest is history. Well, let me think back to eleven years ago in Henderson, Nevada. We're in twenty two, two thousand eleven, right at the peak of the depressed market. There, yep. I everything on the market was a distressed property. Right, it
0: was, it yes. was, and I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, I was I, a school. <laughs> I was a school teacher. I was an elementary oh, wow. school teacher um, okay. when I first moved here. Just graduated okay. from college. I had my teaching degree. And we bought a condo here for $50,000. Wow. Yep. Wow. And wow. The, that was <laughs> How it. much
2: is that condo worth today?
0: Oh, over 250.
2: Yeah. It's crazy. We had some friends who moved there back right around there, 2011, 2012. He was going to dental school. And so they were moving there and we're looking at houses and we went down to look at houses with them. Cause of course, you know, I'm a real estate agent and they're like, we want yep. your opinion. And we must've looked at 30 houses and not one of them was occupied and not one of them was not bank owned. Every single wow. one was bank owned. So it's, yep.
0: it's funny cause I didn't get into real estate until it started picking back up like five okay. years after that. Yep. So I had no idea what was going on. I was just here having some fun and, and I think it's the best town in the world.
2: Yeah. What well, made and, you make jump to real estate from teaching school to real estate? how that transition happen?
0: So I was, I coach lacrosse. Okay. I coach a high school lacrosse program. And one of the parents came up to me and was like, I think you would be good in this business.
2: Interesting. And I,
0: I went through the process of buying my own house and I liked it. And I was like, this isn't that bad. And you just hear stories of you got to own real estate, you got to own real estate. And so I just, he gave me an opportunity and I just ran with it.
2: Amazing. That's super cool. All right. So tell me a little bit about what your business looks like. How many deals do you transact a year and what's your specialty?
0: So my specialty is investing in real estate. Okay. I I am an agent. I do around 20 transactions a year. Okay. And it's funny because like, I'm always like, I don't really try to be an agent. It just comes to me. People, through word of mouth, I really don't do a lot of marketing, but I have my license. I do a lot of transactions. I I enjoy being an agent, but I really enjoy investing in real estate. So I love buying rental properties. I buy them all over the country now. Um, I'm just on this grind of constantly trying to find the best deals I could possibly find, and it's exciting to try and test new markets. But I've done really well in the Henderson market. I think it's a really good rental market because of the low income taxes, the property taxes and there's a high rental demand. So when you put those two together, you do, it'll turn out really well for you.
2: Great place to invest. Yeah. And, and you know, I interviewed someone a couple of weeks ago and he, he talked about if if he could, if he could really get agents to understand that their wealth is not going to come through selling real estate. (laughs) It's through investing in what they sell. And it sounds like you have made that transition and in your mind, the selling real estate is just a byproduct of what you're actually trying to do, which is building wealth in real estate.
0: Yeah. It's, it's so funny. My first three months in my real estate career, I, I sold, the house to, sold my friend's house and I bought my first rental within the, that same month.
2: Okay. And okay. I
0: just was like, you have I to like work. the process of buying my own way better. Okay. And I never left that and it's what I do on a daily basis is I'm constantly analyzing analyzing deals and trying to just buy as much real estate as I possibly can.
2: That was my next question. So how are you finding the deals and what, what in does being a real estate agent give you into locating and curating these deals?
0: Well, it gives you, it kind of gives you like this badge of honor. People see that you're out there in the business and people are like, okay, it gives you like good credibility. And then I've gotten all my deals through either myself doing the research and putting offers in on market. But my game really changed when I started networking with off market wholesalers people who are bringing me deals that are 20, 30% off. And now, if you look at my inbox, I have 10 properties that I got to go through today. People just sending me, Jason, you want to buy this house? I have it. I have it here. It's worth this. And now I don't have to really do any marketing. I just, it it all comes right into my lap.
2: Okay. So for new agents that are like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a new agent. I'm selling real estate, which of course we all know the income from selling real estate is not consistent unless you have been in the business quite some time. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're thinking, I want, I want to invest in real estate. I want to be like you and buy real estate. Where do they start? Where can they start? What's some really easy steps that they can do to start buying their first investment property?
0: So, what I did, and I, I highly recommend all new agents or just normal agents, is you have to understand your rental market that you're in. And okay. then, if you see a good opportunity, you could partner with a client. And so, okay. what I did was, I partnered with my first ever client, which is my cousin Joe back in New York. And he was like, Find us a little house. And we, we found a house. and. The numbers made sense of our mortgage is a thousand. We're going to rent it for 1500 and we split the down payment and I'm here and I run the rental property and we just kept snowballing that idea and we just kept doing it over and over again. So to answer your question, I would, I would partner with someone, it's maybe okay. somebody who has a few rental properties, somebody who's a little bit more experienced and then it's your job as the agent to find the good deal. Find They're the deal. trust you because you're in the market, you're in the space.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You find the deals. You see everything coming across the MLS. You get, like you said, people that it's not even on the MLS. They're reaching out to you and you can go find a partner and say, Hey, I've got a great deal. This property's 20% below market value. I think we can rent it for this. Do you want to partner with me? We'll pick it up. Yep,
0: that's it. It's that rocket science, but that's that's it's so easy. But okay. I don't know why a lot of agents aren't in, in the rental business or the flipping business. It doesn't make sense to me because I always say, if you're going to see a good opportunity, why are you gonna give it off to somebody else? Yeah. Why wouldn't you take advantage of it? Why if wouldn't you do all the work it? to find it and do all the research? So that's how I feel. I get asked all the time, hey, send me the you know, your best deal, call me and I'm like, No.
2: No, I'm buying it. I'm
0: buying it. <laughs> like your your competition yeah. with me. And yeah. so that's why I've been successful with it.
2: Yeah. It's incredible. You know, we on my old real estate team, we were on a huge team and um you know, we're running profitability and we're making as much of a flip business where we're buying and fixing up and selling properties as we are in our regular residential real estate business where we're oh, selling wow. seven hundred homes a year. Right. The same profit margin for flipping thirty homes as for selling seven hundred. So if real estate agents really want to start building wealth, they need to be in the sandbox where they're playing in all day long, you know. I
0: like I never heard that one, but I like that. <laughs> I, yeah. My analogy is you got to be in the pool to swim.
2: That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. So tell me what's your primary strategy like for what what constitutes a good deal in your mind? What What do you see in your life? That's a deal. I'm going to look into that.
0: Well, you, you have to get good on the buy, meaning so you, you want to buy at a good price. So if a home's 300000 I would look to try and get it for 225000 Okay. So a nice gap of... You know, your buy price versus what it's worth. And then I'll run the rental side of the coin. If I buy it for that 225 my mortgage will be 1200 bucks a month. Can I rent that thing out for 2000 a month? Okay. To, you know, consistently. Yep. And so we'll get more into the short-term rental stuff, but that's all the rental game is. You're okay. trying to buy into equity and you're trying to make sure that the property cash flows on top of that. And that's right. just extra money. So you could pay off your houses quicker.
2: Yep. And how have you found that the the interest rates, the rising interest rates, have affected that? Are you still able to make a margin? You're still, I mean, interest rates go up two points and your payment goes up substantially. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's um, it's an interesting topic to talk about because last year I didn't have any real estate to buy. There were no deals.
2: True. You
1: can find people,
0: inventory. Nothing. Right. There's no inventory. People were selling their house. I could list my. Why would I sell it for a discount? Now, I have all the deals. Yeah. I have a lot of deals to buy, but the interest rates are crazy. So, yep. yeah, I could get a good buy, but the cash flow right now isn't uh, isn't great. So, yeah. you have to kind of be very careful. I kind of slowed down my buying. I'm buying a lot of creative finance deals.
2: Okay. Uh, subject like to- owner and, finance. And sell- yeah, or owner something. finance, seller okay. finance,
0: um, which I love that style of real estate, but- it's tough. It really is because you know you're you're adjusting from a four percent rate, which is what I was looking at like this whole past two years. Yeah. Now it's I just refinance one at eight percent. That's a tough yeah, pill to swallow. It, right, it's a tough pill to swallow, but as long as the numbers work, it doesn't bother me.
2: That's right. That's right. The the, the deal is if it cash flows, and if you can Correct. make it cash flow, the interest rate really is of. A- zero consequence because someone else is paying the interest for you they're paying your mortgage payment and so the interest doesn't matter as much exactly yeah okay all right so let's switch topics and let's talk about the short-term rentals so how did you transition from obviously when you first got into the business short-term rentals airbnb probably wasn't even a thing back then in two what seven eight years ago it was kind of just in its yeah
0: it was it's funny how i got into it um People in my brokerage know I love buying rental properties and another agent, he runs a, a huge property management company here and he was like, I manage these short-term rentals and he was showing me how he does it and you know, they put the properties in Airbnb and VRBO and I was just hooked. I was like, well, if I can rent my house out for three times yeah. what I'm getting on a long-term rental, like, like teach me how to do this. So he taught me about two years ago, I was hooked. I bought as many as I could. I, okay. I had this like goal in mind. I was going to make mine the, the real like top of the line, the new standard in short-term rentals, and I think I did that. And for an investing standpoint, it's a lot of work to set it up. It's, a, it's expensive okay. to buy the furniture and, and remodel these houses. But once you get the systems down and get it rolling, um, every month, these things, they cash flow very, very well.
2: And what's the difference, would you say, in cash flow between a long-term rental and a short-term rental? So say your payment's 1500 on a long-term rental and you're renting it out and it's 1500 on a short-term rental. What's the return?
0: I, it's probably about double to triple okay. on normal ones, uh, but I have some luxury ones that will do almost four times.
2: Wow. Okay. So I and have, the uh, maintenance cost difference. So obviously, painting yeah. is way different.
0: Yeah, so I'll use one example. My my really good one is uh, the property's called Davis Wright. So we our payments are around five grand, but it brings in around thirty grand. A month. Wow. wow, all said and done, and then we profit around like twenty six ish. Okay, so it's a so really it costs good return. Four
2: thousand a month to maintain it. You've got to have cleaning oh, yeah. go in every time. Yeah, cleaners, leaves, bills, maintenance, uh,
0: things break. Yep, all those things go into it.
2: Okay. And so how have you picked locations for short-term rentals? How are you saying, hey, that's going to be a great location for a short-term rental that's going to continue to rent out?
0: Good question. Because a lot of short-term rentals don't work. Yeah, So you got to make sure that the location of it is important. Luckily, all my, most of mine are here yeah. in Henderson, okay. 10 minutes, 15 minutes from the Strip.
2: Everybody wants to go to Vegas. I'm going yes. I'm going tonight, believe it or not. I'm literally <laughs> heading there tonight. Really? So, yeah.
0: That's funny. <laughs> I should
2: have called you. I could have stayed at one of your short-term rentals. Let's go. Kind of, instead, I'm paying, you know, 200 dollars a night for a hotel plus the ridiculous resort fee of forty-nine dollars for yep. stuff. I don't So use.
0: I found that people were just always asking me, Do you have a house to rent? Do you have a house to rent? And I didn't. Okay. I just had my long term rentals and then Okay. I was like, you know what, what if I've got a couple of these, I could just like sprinkle them around when people ask me, and that's what happens. I get like so many crazy requests. Uh, people who are coming for an hour, people coming for a week, a month, and yeah. so having them is a real weapon because you could take advantage of it, and so all mine are really strategically placed based on location. Some of mine are in deeper Henderson. They're closer to the lake. Uh, they're closer okay. by Heritage Park, which tons of soccer tournaments, football tournaments. So we get a lot of tra- uh, traffic from that.
2: Yep. Traveling teams that come in yep. for, and it's families. So they don't exactly. want to like, stay in a hotel. They got four kids and they're trying to pack them all in a you know a hotel with two queen beds and it's not comfortable. Short-term rental makes way more sense. Exactly. Very cool. Okay. So in the short-term rental game, what's your best piece of advice for people If they want to get into that game, like if they want, if they're like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to try short-term rentals. First of all, do you have to have a certain personality to be able to handle all the maintenance and like the day-to-day it's not like put someone in it and they live there a year and then they move out.
0: It's no, I think my best piece of advice is you got to realize that each house is its own business. Okay. Just because you are furnishing a house and taking nice pictures that people are going to go and, and stay in it. So you're essentially buying a hotel. Okay. Not all hotels work. Okay. And there's there's nice hotels in bad locations that don't do well. So you need to find the best location you could find and then make your house really cool and unique because if it's okay. just a regular looking house, there's so many of these now that people are going to be yeah. like, mm. so what we do is we try to buy like houses that with unique features with crazy pools, bigger okay. backyards, Something that like really attracts the occupant to come and stay at your house.
2: Yeah, I mean, I know I've done it myself. I've looked at Airbnbs online, and I I skip over the ones that I don't like the pictures or whatever. You go, you go into Southern California, and you see the ones around Disneyland, and they've got Disney themed rooms, and 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 those catch your eye. That's what's catching your eye. If you're in Vegas, you want a pool, you want cool stuff, you want you know all the things that are going to draw you into the Vegas lifestyle. So I get it. That makes sense. Have you ever had to switch a short-term rental to a long-term rental? Say you bought one thinking this is going to be a great short-term rental. And then you're like, that didn't work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually going through right now. Okay. Um, This one, it's just a three, two. And the guy who I I partnered with, he was like, I don't know. It's close. And he was right. Uh, yeah. It doesn't really bring in a ton of revenue. So I'm going to actually manage it myself. Okay. And it'll do better with me uh, managing it. I'll make more profit. And okay. I probably, I have an on as a long-term rental too. So I, I, I call it a pivot rental. I flex it back and forth from okay. short-term to a long-term.
2: Okay. All right. All right. So um, what's your strategy for like um, figuring out when to hold a property for a long time and when to dump it. Have you dumped any of them?
0: No. You I haven't sold one property? Nope.
2: And Because probably- you don't
0: sell real estate.
2: <laughs> I like that because you've yeah, been in you
0: the market estate. the whole
2: time. Since you got into it, the market has not gone down.
0: No, it's it hasn't. Been up the whole time. And, it, and my strategy with this is always, it doesn't, once you pay, my goal is to pay these properties off as fast as possible. Okay. Okay. So I my first 10 that I bought, I always I take the cash flow and I push it down. I push down the mortgage, all that extra profit. So if you're not as experienced, if my mortgage is 1,000 and I'm charging 2,000 rent, I have $1,000 a month cash flow, I take that 1,000 and I put it towards the principal of the mortgage and I'm just trying to pay it down as fast as possible. Okay. And the reason why I do this is because if the market crashed tomorrow or we right. go through another COVID, it doesn't matter. All those houses are paid after- off. Right. Can't take take them away from me.
2: Okay.
0: And those are just cash flowing machines. I have 10 cash flowing machines and I'm just trying to get to a certain goal a month of $50,000 a month where no matter what I do every month, that 50 grand is coming in from these tenants paying their rent. Yep. So that's, that's been my goal. And my cousin, he has such a good line and so true. Like we used to drive into New York city together to work. And he's like, you know, Donald Trump isn't, isn't rich and successful because he's in politics. He's rich and successful because him and his family own half the city.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's real estate. It's, yep. it's
0: real estate. That like all, that's where his real wealth comes from. And yes. He owns half of the city. Yeah. And so that hit me. Like he said that to me years ago and I'm like, he's right. Like yep. all you need to just own as many assets as you possibly can. and it's such a weapon. Like you could always sell them if you want. If you want. But I just don't want to because the, the real wealth is owning a huge portfolio of real estate.
2: Yeah, that's incredible. Okay. So um, if you could have, ta- ha- if there was a magic pill that you could take that would remove a source of pain from your, your portfolio, your real estate career, what would that be? What's one source of pain that you've come across that you're like, man, if I could just get rid of this thing?
0: Um, I'm like, sometimes I'm too nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm too nice. And here's my example. Um, like I'll find some deals and I'll okay. bring in people w- with me, friends.
2: Into the deal. Okay. Yep.
0: When I could, when I could do it all myself. Okay. So sometimes, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I am a selfish person sometimes, but sometimes I'm not. And so I, th- I my portfolio could be bigger if I didn't do that. So I think sometimes I have this where I'm like, oh, you know, I, you know, this person, I, I kind of want to bring him in, you know, to to kind of help him, and people tell me that's like a bad, that's like a bad little juju that I got, but yeah. it makes me feel good. So
2: that's okay. Yeah, you're giving. That's your give back portion of your of your right.
0: business. That's the mm-hmm. give back.
2: Okay. So tell me, um, tell me about the people you've partnered with, how do you make sure you're getting into a good partnership with someone?
0: Great question. Um, I don't think this is talked about enough. So I've partnered, I'm like a really good teammate. I was. A, I play sports, really okay. good teammate. Um, I've always gotten that feedback from coaches that I have. So I always go into the deal where if I bring the deal, I am going to be in charge of the deal. And okay. the, the good part for the other person is they don't have to do anything. They don't have to do much except put their money in and I'm going to be in control of the deal.
1: And if you're not
0: comfortable with, I'm very upfront with it. I'm going to, I'm going to be like, look, this is your avenue of bringing the money in or doing whatever it it entails, but we're going to make it work because you're not going to have to, I'm going to just do all the work. Awesome. So I did two, two really big partnerships last year. I partnered with two really big investors here in town and I was very upfront with them where I was like, look, I'm going to find the property, you're going to do the construction side and then I'm going to take over all the management and the rental side. And it worked out great because I laid it out perfect where they know what their role is and I know what my role is and you get all the legality of it set up with a lawyer and the paperwork, you put in an LLC and as long as you do that, it's fine. So, all my part, I have a lot of partnerships and they work really well. I haven't had any issues.
2: That's awesome. And I mean, it's like working with clients, right? We know that if we set great expectations with our clients, the transaction goes a thousand times smoother. Same thing with a partner. Yeah. Yeah. And the only,
0: the, the only problem I've ever had was I invested with somebody who's never invested in real estate before.
1: Okay. Hey, Real Estate rock stars! this is Airdabuchastegi, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time, and when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow-Up Boss. There's a lot of superstars out there that use Follow-Up Boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using Follow-Up Boss. So We use Follow-Up Boss. So we use Follow-Up Boss. I love Follow-Up Boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, we call them action plans in follow Boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. follow Boss, I like more for the integrations with everything. MailChimp, call action, all those different products.
2: I will say we used Sync and we switched from Sync to Follow Boss.
1: Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Rivety, Sync.
0: I've looked at Boomtown like real geeks, just a bunch of different ones. But me personally, I fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown, I've used
1: Linedesk, I've used Conversion, and I think Follow Boss gives you the most integrations mm-hmm. that are simple and it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform. Yet at the same time, it's still affordable.
2: I do like Follow Up Boss better just because it, you can text from the app and things like that. It's just a little more convenient for me. Um, It tracks everything that I need. I can customize it if I want. If I want to go smart list based, that's fine. If I want to go task based, it's fine.
1: I think it's one of the best systems and it's very user friendly.
0: It just really helps me never drop a ball because it's so user friendly.
1: I don't have a one horse in the race at Follow Up Boss. Purely objective. Follow Up Boss has been the best one that we've found. Now, I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial and check it out especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet, this will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks again, now back to our show.
0: So that was my biggest hurdle. Like I'm sitting there explaining to him every day, like why are we spending this $300? And I'm like, okay, I'm probably not going to do this again because me just sitting and explaining it over and over and over again, it's wasting a lot of time. So now I could take this deal and partner with somebody who, like my cousin Joe, trusts me and just would never even bring up the $300 and I could do a million deals with him. So it's just working smarter.
2: Okay. All right. So, tell me a failure that you've had that you now look at as a successful learning experience. At the time, you thought, "crap, that sucked."
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, I think my fear of flipping houses was okay. is a good example. I was I'm very scared of construction. I fear that everything is like going to always go wrong, and I quickly got over that. I would say in the past year where if you lay out the expectations with the with the contractor. And so I'll use this example. In January, we flipped the house and we made $475,000 profit.
2: Wow. How much flip. did you pick it up for?
0: So we bought it for seven fifty dollars and we sold okay. it for around one point three. Nice. And so something that I, I never wanted to get involved in is flipping houses. And my partner and I, we kind of dove in and, I, he was like, just get over it. It's going to be fine. And so that turned out to be one of my biggest successes.
2: Okay. So tell me, how did you make the decision that that would have made a better flip than holding on to it and keeping it as a part of your portfolio?
0: Yeah. So this one we bought as a short term rental. It was okay. a six bedroom, single story with a casita, corner lot, crazy cool backyard. And it just like hit me. I was like, "This is going to be a crazy Airbnb." Like, okay. You know, I know it, the location was amazing, and as we were going through it, we we were, we were remodeling the house, and the market was just so hot.
2: Gotcha. And
0: I was like, you know what? We discussed like like we could really cash in on this one, and then buy another three of these. Take the money. Take yep. the money and. and 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 that's what I always do. Any profit I make from a flipping property or selling my own real estate with clients, I just keep reinvesting in real estate. And so that was really the decision of we just saw like we were getting stupid offers and people were like throwing crazy numbers at us. And we're like, all right, this is probably the time to cash in on this one. Okay. Make a nice chunk of change and then keep investing.
2: Yeah. You got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them, right?
0: Yep. (laughs) Yep. So I guess I do sell real estate, but it's like, I know that I'm, like I'm, um, I i do not sell any of my rentals.
2: Okay, all right. So tell me um, about leveraging your properties. Do you ever pull equity out of your properties to buy other properties, or are you anti pulling cash flow out of that, like pulling equity out to?
0: Purchase? I'm I'm anti I'm okay. anti the Burr Really, I have done them. I've I've done two of You've them. Done it in the past. Okay. Here's why I'm anti. Because when you start doing that too much, you you're you're so thin. With mm-hmm. your properties, and what I mean by that is that you have no, you have no more meat on the bone on any of your properties.
2: Yeah, the market so shifts.
0: You keep doing that, and the market yeah. turns. You can lose you have all seven of them. properties with no equity, and you're upside down. Yeah, that's where trouble starts. Yep. So my goal is always to pay them off as fast as possible. Yep. Now other people will say, Jason, you're an idiot. You should be pulling all your money out and reinvesting it. But my mindset is, if I did that, I wouldn't be as hungry to make more money. So I'm trying to constantly f- uh, make $25,000. That's my number. $25,000, that goes into a property somewhere. It, okay. it, I partner with somebody or it goes into a Midwest property. And if I kept just pulling the equity out and redoing it, I feel like I wouldn't be as hungry to make that $25,000. It's easier okay. to refinance yeah. and pull out the yeah. money.
2: And And there are a lot of people in this current market that we're in that probably highly leveraged their homes and they're probably a little nervous right now because the market, the prices have stabilized Mm -hmm. Um, some, some, you know, market specific, some are dropping, but for the majority, most of them have stabilized and now their equity isn't going up. Like it had been in the past and they are not seeing this big gap between what they owe and what it's worth.
0: Yeah. I think we're getting into like the, I love the movie, the big short, Yep. And, you know, you start talking to some people, especially here in Vegas, because it's a very transient city.
2: It's a volatile market.
0: Yep. It's a it's a crazy market. And and I'm talking to somebody and they're like, we just bought this house in Inspirata for a million dollars. And I'm looking at it and it's not a million dollar house. like yep. You could just tell it's not yep. a million dollar house. It's not yep. a million dollar house here. It's not a million dollar house really anywhere else. And yep. they're a bartender. <laughs> so they're yeah. buying this million dollars, and their bartender, yeah, they're making really good money right now. But if something yeah. happens, or you know, the, Vegas is very like it's it's like this sometimes, yeah. So they're gonna they're gonna be hurting on that five thousand dollars a month mortgage payment.
2: Yep, and that's I mean that's what happened in 06, 07, yep. and 08. They all got holding the bag for these houses that they paid top dollar for, and the market turned, and now. You know, they were in negative amortization loans. They were in all sorts of, you know, they had a, a 90-10-5 where they only put 5% down yeah, or a, a 95-5 or whatever. Yeah, they, they, they did some crazy financing stuff back then. Hopefully we don't get there again. And hopefully Vegas can not be, it was one of the hot spots during the, the crash that just lost Vegas, Phoenix, Boise. They just crashed. And mm-hmm. so hopefully it never gets back there. I think that maybe people learn their lesson there. I don't know.
0: We'll we'll see. We'll see. I, don't, I don't know. I'm starting to see some stuff because I, I didn't go through the other one. I didn't go right. through the other crash. So I'm super – I take the information that all these other people went through. But yeah. some of the things that they did, like I was, I'm was, I just like, how could you put no money down into like <laughs> such a high house and you have a 6000 a month mortgage payment and then you yeah. go buy four of them? Like, yeah. come on. A- and, you, and you're a blackjack dealer. Like, yeah. you got to like put two and two together here that at some point. Yeah, something goes a little off. You can't afford.
2: Yeah, you're you're twenty four sit- thousand dollars <laughs> in mortgage payments. You're on such thin ice. Right, and that was the thing back then. Honestly, you know what we found when I lived there. You know, you'd go look at new model homes, and you're walking around a five hundred thousand dollars house, and they've got a little placard on the counter that says you can own this home for sixteen hundred fifty dollars a month. And I'm like. It's a $500,000 house. How can you own it for $1,650 a month? And we're doing the math. And of course, interest rates back then are at 6 7%. They weren't low. right? And of course, what it was is the builders were doing a, a rate buy down for a variable interest rate. And you're doing a negative amortization loan. You're not even paying off the principal because, of course, everybody thinks the market's crazy. Yep. I'll buy this now. I'll pay $1,500 a month, but I'm going to have $300,000 in equity instantly because the prices are going crazy and that's what started yep. to crap the market i
0: i and, will never do an adjustable arm i i yeah. lenders call me all the time hey we got an adjustable arm I'm like if you say the <laughs> word adjustable arm to me i'm just hanging up the phone it's just i, I don't see any benefit to it yeah I, i'll never use something like that i, I do borrow hard money to it's, when i it's do a you're di- it's, yeah. it's a gamble
2: you're literally rolling it's yeah you're rolling the huge, dice
0: it's a huge gamble and it's scary and people do it. I know people, they have like 15, 20 hard money loans going at one time. Like you are nuts.
2: Yeah. They may as well just go put the money at the blackjack table. They have the same odds of winning, right?
0: <laughs> That's true.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tell me as a new agent, say, you, say you've got a brand new agent that comes to you for advice and they're like, look, I have $5,000. That's all I have right now. I have five grand, but I want to get into the real estate game of investing. How do I do it with only five I only have five grand?
0: Uh oh, it's tough. So I get I get this a lot, believe okay. it or not. And I'm oh for like fifteen people where people <laughs> people come, they, they they do the hardest part. They come into my office, I sit down with them and I'm like, go take the real okay. estate test, get okay. your license, and then we could kind of start working and I'll teach you what I did, which I don't think it's that difficult. It takes right. time. You have to find a network of people that are going to be either willing to buy real estate from you or refer you, um, and people just don't want to like take the two steps back to go five steps forward. They want okay. like the instant money. So that would be my best suggestion is, is take the real estate course, take the license of whatever state you're in. I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, I think that really will solidify you that you're serious about doing it because I see a lot of these wholesale kids like you know they oh I'm going to buy a list and I'm going to cold call and I'm going to get a deal and then I'm going to make three grand but they fizzle out it's just not a sustainable business right um, as a new person so then I once I get my license I would I would join a team okay I would partner up with somebody that knows what they're doing find a good mentor and. Just whatever they tell you to do, I would just do for a few years, and then hopefully you could just get big enough on your own where you don't need the team.
2: Okay, and then you save enough money to invest in real estate. You start socking yeah. away some of your commission on every deal. That that's right. like your and real estate down payment money.
0: Some and you sometimes you don't need to put any money into the deal. And I'll give you an example. My twenty-one-year-old next door neighbor came out to Vegas for the real a real estate conference. He wanted a Wanted to come, and I was blown away. he Came out, and this is twenty-one kid in Las 21. Vegas, yeah. And he got up every morning and went to this conference. And so I was like, "All right, he's serious about it." And I taught him what we were, what I was doing, and showing him. I go on Facebook, I network with people, and he started bringing me deals. And I said, "Look, I'm going to give you equity in these deals. All you got to do is bring them to me. I'm going to, I'm going to finance them. I'm going to pay for them. I'm going to manage them." And so he brought me two deals in the first 30 days he started doing it. And he got wow. two got his two, two rental properties in Mississippi, two, sell a seller finance deal and a subject to deal. And I gave him 25% equity in each property for just bringing me the deal. And awesome. so now he's 21 years old and he's making cash flow. He's making money every single month for not doing anything, just bringing me the deals. And there's people out there like, like me who will yeah. give referral fees and give money out. To just because the deal is the most important thing in this business.
2: Yeah. Interesting. How'd he find the deals? He just Facebook.
0: He just was networking on off market Facebook groups and he just went to Gulfport, Mississippi, off market. And there's 10,000 people in this Facebook group. Okay. And he's like, Look, I work with Jason Griggs. We buy, and people follow me on Instagram and they saw that I was legit and they just brought us offers of deals. And we ended up buying two, and so he got my my partnership agreement. Is any any deal? I don't care if it's amazing, medium, like a low level deal. He gets twenty five percent of the equity of the home because he brought the deal in.
2: That's a great way for someone young and hungry to get into. Yeah, real he's
0: super hungry. I was impressed, and now he calls me every day. He's like, "I got this one," and we go through it together. He knows yeah. how to analyze them now. He knows when to call me and he knows yeah. when it's going to be a waste of time. Yeah, And it's amazing. And now he's win saving win. up his own money through his yeah. job. And he's like, all right, I want to invest my own money on the next one because I want 50% of the deal. I'm like, dude, let's go. It's That's great. That's a
2: total win-win. He's winning. You're getting deals. You're building your portfolio. And he's, getting, he's learning the ropes from someone who knows how to do it. And he's got equity in these deals. That's amazing. Exactly.
0: That's all it is.
2: So even a 21-year-old kid... Can, can do this. So 20, anybody 20, with 21,
0: their- I, he's not a day over 21. He's 21. Wow. And awesome. he just, it clicked for him just like it kind of clicked for me. I wish I would have started at 21. Oh, of course. And now Mind he owns never- two houses yep. at 21 years old. And I didn't buy my first house until I was 26.
2: That's awesome. All right. Well, the last question I have for you, if you could redo one thing, if you could go back and change one thing that you've done, <laughs> what would you go back and change? Besides spying properties at 21 years old. <laughs> right.
0: Um, let's see here. Uh, that's a really hard question. I think... Okay, I got it. So the first... I was very, very scared to hire someone. Okay. I was super... I am the person... I never ask for help with anything. I just, You're just do I'm going to muscle know. through it. I'm just yep. gonna get- I'm a, yeah. I'm a solopreneur. Okay. I still am, uh, generally. But yeah. I hired an assistant. Wow. And hiring that assistant really helped me. She's really amazing at organizing all my stuff. She handles all my transactions. I send her on appointments. I send her all over the place. She comes and she's just really helpful to have someone. Sometimes it's like they're like your therapist where you just kinda like blow yeah. up some steam and you're just because this business gets lonely sometimes yep. if you're doing it by yourself. Yep. And so I found You're like, that I, I was like I
2: don't need you to do anything. I just need you to listen right now. Just Right.
0: <laughs> and so like for like my wife like uh, when I'm explaining the real estate stuff I do, like she doesn't comprehend a lot Glass of it. Glass
2: overlook. Yeah. Right? She's, so she's
0: not getting it. But, you know, somebody that works with you every day um, gets it, understands it. So I would uh I would say I would have hired out sooner.
2: Earlier. Okay. What was the final final pin that made you go, I got to hire someone like I just have to stop fighting it. I just need to hire. Well,
0: it it wasn't the hiring part. I think it was the money part where I have to pay this person right out of my profit to pay. But then I realized I'm like, okay, she's going to help me make more money. Yep. And so once I got over that, I was like, all right, now I'm like looking to really expand it and build like a, a team I build an off-market team, and yes. so I'm excited about it.
2: Yep, yep. I have a really super dear friend of mine named Christy Belt Grossman, and she runs Ops Boss Coaching, and she teaches a class called Be a Boss, the 10 Secrets of a Mega EA, a Mega Executive Assistant. And one of her rules in that is the three times rule, and that is any assistant should earn back to the company, like she should make back to the, three times their salary. And mm. that's through systems and processes and yep. all the things. Like if you are you set up a system for getting Zillow reviews, all of a sudden now you're getting people calling in because they saw your Zillow reviews. Or you're setting up a system for repeat and referral business, now you're getting tons of repeat and referral business. So leverage done the right way should return you three times whatever you're paying that person through systems and processes. So sounds like you finally, it clicked for you. Yeah, it, like, did. it did. It did
0: because it's it's just like... If you have even like my twenty-one-year-old neighbor, like that deal, like that was like uh, like a hundred thousand-dollar profit deal. If I were to go sell that today, yeah, I got it for free, and it's just like I needed. I needed another avenue of like a soldier out there trying to bring me more profit and more revenue. And so now I have a few people in my corner helping me do that, and it's been really, really nice.
2: Awesome. Well, Jason, it's been awesome to talk to you. Wonderful story. Great success story. I love the fact that you have realized that real estate is not just a career. It's an actual means to which you can build wealth if you actually get into the real estate game.
0: Yep. And I'm a perfect example of it. I went from teacher to uh, owning a lot of rentals and uh, I I wish I would have done it sooner.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's been awesome to talk to you and real estate rock stars. It's great to hear you have you here again with us today and we are
1: out.
0: Thank you so much.
2: Thank you.
1: All right. Real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there so go give us a review also be sure to go to hybendigital.com if you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you to so go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate, how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchasteggi.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon.